Hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson, and we are pleased to say hello to Vince Ferrara, who joins us for this hour. Vince, how are you? I'm good. I love the many trees that are here next to our on-air light in yeah, the studio. Yeah, they just showed up. <laughs> the fantasy of trees has come to us before we go to them tomorrow. That's, and you can <laughs> see the forest for the trees. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But uh, Vince is with us until 5 o'clock to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince, you've got two Tennessee basketball teams that have combined to go 10-0. and uh, You've got a Tennessee football team that has won its last four. So right now, things pretty good in Big Orange Country, wouldn't you say? For sure. Uh, I... Uh... I didn't get the sense that Rick Barnes was all that enthused about his team's performance last night. I wasn't uh, overwhelmed by how they played. Honestly, their best game was against the best team they played in mm-hmm. Washington. Yeah. I think there, there's been things to to nitpick them uh, about and and just not clean, just sloppy at times and not as efficient as they'd want. So I think there's a lot of coaching points I think they're getting after it pretty hard today uh, with them and uh, just like to see them play a little bit better. But it's also a reminder that largely this is a new and young basketball team that will figure it out as the the hard examples are there, the hard coaching after wins where you don't play well. So it, it's it's part of the process and um, excited to, to get into the – schedule i guess uh, this weekend against some better competition we'll see if that if their play elevates with better quality of of competition and then you know lady vols i, I think uh, you still want to see them against some more challenges as well notre dame i think sim- similar Maybe, probably their best game was against the best team mm-hmm. interesting that both of them have the same record and that in common uh, so to be determined with them as well, and then obviously the football team has been much discussed and how incredible this turnaround has been with you know a, a, a team that I don't think anybody saw them having that sort of turnaround. And they reached, Jeremy Pruitt deserves a lot of credit because for him to have the vision that this team could turn around this season as bad as it looked, for everybody and for him and only a second year of coaching early and only a second year of coaching to say to still have confidence that he could they could turn things around and then know what to do to trigger that i I think he deserves a ton of credit for that i think that that's pretty astute i think fans should be excited about that uh for him to, to be able to call that meeting after the florida game and oh by the way how many times did we ask Oh, was it so? What what turned things around for you guys? Was there a meeting? Was there a moment? Was there a game? No, no, no. Oh yeah, we had a meeting after the Florida game. <laughs> so that's just kind of the way things go. But anyway, um, the but for for them to come together and then for him to reach the seniors and then the seniors to say, all right, we we have we have got to help coach with this, bring everybody together, and then all that full buy in. It is an incredible, and and I think this is college football's best in-season turnaround story, period. I know Illinois had an incredible turnaround to their season, but I don't think it matches Tennessee. I think this is the most impressive and best in-season turnaround story in college football. 
you look at this senior class, and some of them were a part uh, of a bowl victory when they were freshmen, but it's not a big senior class. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's this great legacy of success. But as you talk about, the fact that they went through the fast falling off the end of the table downturn with the Butch Jones era to the last year being in position, didn't finish well, so you go from 5-5 five and five to 5-7 five and seven on the outside looking in, and then this year you start 1-4. and four. I don't think there's any question that a specific group of seniors has had a huge impact on this program in staying positive and walking and working in the right direction. So what do you think, what are your impressions of this group of seniors that will be honored on Saturday? Well, I, I think they are special, and a couple of them, uh, at least Marquez Calloway, used the, the term roller coaster. And I think that's fair to what you're alluding to, John. I mean, they had the buildup under Butch Jones to where, you know, in 2016, that it looked like it was headed into... You controlled your own destiny. That's right, for a shot at the Sugar Bowl. Um, and, and the and, Eastern Division. That's right. And so, so even within that year was roller coaster, but it was thought that you were on the uh, on the uh, upswing. Then you have the steps back. Then you have l- last year or the last two years where it hit rock bottom, and then this year starting off the way it did. And then you're asking these guys that already went through a failed rebuild, where yes they improved, but they didn't get to the end game of a rebuild. Now they have to buy into another coaching staff when the the results aren't there. But you're for, for somehow these guys were able to believe in Jeremy Pruitt despite the bad first year and what five games this year. I think they deserve a lot of credit for for that. And you have NFL you have NFL players. A bunch of them in this senior class. So it's going to look great, and I know he'll brag about it, Butch Jones, in in his ledger that he, he coached a lot of NFL players. Now, of course, Tennessee fans' response to that will be like, well, you didn't develop them. Jerry Pruitt's staff did. Uh, and, yes, I think that's true because these guys are not the same guys that uh, were are under Butch Jones. That they've I think they've all improved. And you're going to see a bunch of them in the senior bowl. I, I'm – I'm convinced that, and Jimmy, maybe you disagree. I think there's at least six players from this group that will be in in the Senior Bowl. There are nine on the on the senior on the Reese's Senior Bowl watch list, and uh, two of them are hurt: Balen Buchanan and Emmett Gooden. Um, another one is Riley Lovingood. You know, who knows with long snappers, it, it just the the demand for it if. They get squeezed out if he's the. I don't know where he is on the long snapper, uh, um, you know, top five for for the NFL draft. But at least he was on there. So even if he's not there, and you take out Buchanan and Gooden, you still have Dominic Wood Anderson. Uh, you still have Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, Daryl Taylor's already in, Daniel Batuli, Nigel Warrior. That's six right there. I thought there could be potentially a seventh in Brandon Kennedy, but he today told us that he intends to apply for that waiver for a six-year of eligibility. you think he could have gone to the senior bowl, Brandon Kennedy? Uh, he's a senior. I know. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know that he is, uh, the, he's on the level of the other guys, but I, uh-uh. <laughs> he's at a, but here, here's my thinking on that. Okay. He's at a specialized position in center, 
Mm-hmm. What's the what's the the depth of that position for uh, at the Senior Bowl? So, and he's also a guy that played at Alabama, and at one point, and they those guys are very connected with the Senior Bowl. So, I, I'm not saying that he's he's NFL. You know uh, that he would get drafted or anything like that, but because of those reasons, I thought he could be a guy that slides into the process, like potentially. But I, I still think the other six, there's a good chance of them. Well, let me ask you this because I don't know as much about the senior bowl. I already wrote an article about six of them likely to be drafted. If you go to the senior bowl, are you basically projected to be picked in the first four or five rounds? Is that about right? I think so, but I don't think everybody. I I think I think there's a good chunk of them, but because those rosters, gosh, I want to say hundred hundred fifty players, maybe. So you have seventy five on each team. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then so, but there's also a lot of guys that don't that choose not to go. Plus, you have all the underclassmen. Well, yeah, there are a lot that choose not to go. That's right, right which so, could open up the door for somebody. So, so six because, would be on the high end for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that and uh, that six won't go, but I'd be surprised if that many went. And if they get six in, Tennessee in the last seven years has had six players in the Senior Bowl, none since 2017. So they could equal the previous seven years of players in the Senior Bowl if they get those six. So yeah. yes, this Yikes. has been a very yeah, that's that. That end of it yeah. is like is alarming, but that also ties into you know nobody drafted in three of the last five years. It's it's connected to that, and then the combine is similar. So yeah, I, I think there's NFL players all over the senior class, but they needed to develop, have good years to help solidify that. Let's get a call from Jim, who joins us. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Well, first of all, I wish you and your families a great uh, Thanksgiving this Thursday. You too, as well. Appreciate that. You know, um, I wanted to talk about uh, Jared Garantano. I I was thinking about, um, I've seen a lot of Tennessee quarterbacks over 50 years going all the way back to Bubba White and Bobby Scott and Condridge and all the rest. And I was trying to kind of put into perspective, uh, at least for me, what uh, Garantano's legacy would be. And, you know, uh, the thing that really jumps out at me with him, he, he's, he's got talent. He, he, he does have some talent. There's no question about that. Uh, he's also made a lot of mistakes. But the thing that jumps out about him with me is toughness. That's both physical toughness and mental toughness. And I, I don't think uh, it, it's been a very strange year quarterback-wise for Tennessee. There's no doubt about that. But when you think about the physical toughness, man, that, that, that kid has taken so many shots. Uh, I mean, last year when the line was Swiss cheese and he took a lot of, a lot of shots and he kept getting up and – don't really have to tell you much about the mental toughness that he's had. The the times he could have just quit and said, I've had enough, and he didn't. Uh, he's had to endure an awful lot mentally. And and that combination, uh, to me, that's his, that's his legacy. Now, he didn't have the career 
that he would have wanted at Tennessee, and he didn't have the career that a lot of Tennessee fans would have liked for him to have at Tennessee. But what, what in your mind will be his legacy when he finally wraps it up at UT? I'd feel a lot easier answering that if he comes back and plays next year. <laughs> but right now, Vince, I would say that it's it's probably been uh, is as much the mental and physical toughness, the, the comeback story of this year, which is hard to beat. But he still, again, he may come back and play another year, so that still could be written. If Tennessee is able to build off of this season, which largely he helped save, mm-hmm. not completely, but he, he played a, a big part of it in it, if this team goes on to win the East and and compete for championships, even if he's not here when they don't do that, I think history will reflect more positively on what he did in in that building process and those steps. Similar in a way, and I think the more time separates from his time at Tennessee, the more if that happens, the more positively people will reflect on. The, the the better moments of Garantano and games of Garantano's career, similar in some ways to a Josh Dobbs. You know, he's learned to appreciate what Dobbs did on the field the the, the more time away from uh, from Tennessee, especially well, when there's other quarterbacks. Well, a lot struggles. of people appreciate it when he was playing. Not everybody. There's, that's true. That's what I mean. But, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think it's the same way. I think some people – Still have never changed their opinion on Garantano because of some of those those rough moments, mm-hmm. and there's others that, like Jim has pointed out, have really appreciate his mental mental and physical toughness and and what he's done to kind of save some of these games in in Tennessee season. So, Jim, that's the way I see it. I think it's still kind of connected to what the 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 end the final chapter is to this Jeremy Pruitt rebuild. What do you what do you think the uh, perspective is for him uh, coming back next year? Is he given any hints or? Yeah, he's given hints. Yeah, he he indicated the other day that that uh, basically Tennessee's going in the right direction. He can't wait to see what he do next year. And mm-hmm. I'm a all, and he said all that. So he's he's indicated he's coming back. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd love to have him back. I I, I really would. Um, you know the quarterback I, I used to think that got so much flack, and I don't know why, was Casey Clawson. Yeah. That guy was such a tough competitor and won so many games. His road record was incredible. I don't, I don't know why Tennessee fans didn't warm up to him. Maybe it was called, he was called the Iceman. I, I don't know. But uh, I, I think in time, uh, Garantano is going to be – thought of in a higher esteem maybe than some people have thought about him currently. Guys, appreciate your thoughts. I hope you have a great day Thursday and uh, talk to you soon. All right, Jim. Jim, Thank you very much. We'll get a break and be back with more. Vince Ferrara sitting in on Sports Talk on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Download the TuneIn app so you can take 99.1 The Sports Animal with you wherever you go. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. 
Let's see. It's uh, Vince, first of all, why don't we quickly highlight what's going on these days. First of all, the folks can find Vince's Views, which is your blog, which comes out several times during the week. You also have Vincenzo's Views, which is a podcast mm-hmm. that uh, they can tune in for as well. Yeah, the most recent post was Paul Biancardi, your visit with him, and uh, put a lot of interviews. Eventually, we'll get to the point, probably after football season, where we'll we'll do some extended sort of shows, full full length podcast up there not the time for it right yeah. now just from a time availability but in the meantime all the interviews that, the, that i do put up there and you can subscribe to it on apple google all that uh kind of fun stuff as well and then also on the website 991thesportsanimal.com there is so much information on a daily basis look for the video section if you scroll down a little bit you'll see the video section you can just click on the uh, on the top. There's a drop down, a couple of bars, and the drop down lets you go through all the archived videos that we've got. Because a lot of times it'll just show you the most recent one, but we have all the well, not all of them, but most of the videos from the all the players we got a chance to talk to today. There's all the basketball post game from last night, and then you know Jeremy Pruitt on Monday. So there's so much there on a daily basis. So spend some time on that, and then all the podcast in the show tab. Also, the audio tab as well. Vols interviews and more. That's where we house all the the Tennessee interviews that we do at press conferences, post games, um, all the media availability there. And you can subscribe to that as well if you want to get that or do it by specific shows on iTunes and Google. You can subscribe to individual shows, including that podcast that gets you all the UT post game stuff. So uh, spend some time on it and um, and taking all the content. And Jimmy's got blogs on a daily basis. Joel does wrap ups from uh, from Tennessee football. My predictions uh, that are on there. I don't know how I did in NFL. Maybe you know, John. You look at those sometimes. Uh, lit- Ten and four. Ten and four. Okay, I'll take it. Look, I'll admit that this week and this past weekend in the SEC, that was a pad your stats week. It was in terms of predictions. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, for the second straight week. Well, yeah, I'll I'll take I'll take the uh, you know the extra garbage time stats. You know, so uh, but anyway, this weekend will be a little bit more intriguing with the rivalry. Week. That's right. So uh, you were not defeated on one double A day. <laughs> That's right. Let's get a call from JB. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, JB. What's up, guys? Uh, first things first, calling from Joplin, Missouri. It is after last weekend. It is glorious to be a Tennessee Vol. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> second thing, second. Um, somebody had mentioned uh, about to go about uh, possibly playing Texas in the Liberty Bowl. Wouldn't wouldn't like some bad stuff have to happen for that to, for that to come about? I mean, I thought we were being looked at for like the Outback and the Gator Bowl and such. There are a whole lot of projections out there, Vince, from about 40 people trying to figure this thing out. I would be shocked if Tennessee winds up in the Liberty Bowl, even at 6-6. Six and six. I don't see Tennessee getting past the Gator Bowl. The Gator Bowl wants Tennessee. Mm. And Tennessee had a huge crowd that was there when they played Iowa, what, five years ago or so, whatever it was. And, um, and I also think that uh, the Outback Bowl is in play of Tennessee 7-5. and five. Now, if the Gator doesn't go with Tennessee, which I don't think that would happen, there's the Belt Bowl and the Music City Bowl events ahead of the Liberty. So I, I would be very surprised if Tennessee wound up in the Liberty Bowl. Now, there's multiple factors. The school puts in their recommendation. The bowl puts in their recommendation of who they would like. And the conference does the same thing, right, where the conference will, will have who they would recommend uh, be, 
if if Tennessee hasn't been to the Liberty Bowl in a while, and that that is the case, do you think that the SEC would, if there's another team that maybe hasn't been to the Liberty to the Gator Bowl, that they could place them there and then make multiple bowls happy by placing Tennessee in the Liberty? They could, but I would be very surprised at that because mm-hmm. what they and you're alluding to this. So the bowl gives a preference, the team gives a preference, then the SEC makes the selection, right. the appointment. And I I know the Gator Bowl would love to have Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I know the Tennessee would prefer the Gator Bowl to going to Memphis. Right. I believe that to be true. I know Tennessee's recruiting Memphis, but I believe they would prefer going to the Gator Bowl where it figures to be warmer weather. Mm-hmm. And so I would be really surprised. A bowl game that Vince and I covered a few years ago. That's right. So uh, And celebrated New Year's Eve down there in yeah. Jacksonville. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would be really surprised if uh, if Tennessee ended up there. I know there's a there's this quote group of six, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit of a pecking order, right? And the Liberty Bowl is kind of on the low end of that, and the Outback's on the top end, and then you got Gator, Belt, Music City, and in, in between there. And I, I'm with you. The only scenario that I could possibly see that even being in the play would be if Tennessee were to lose to Vanderbilt at seven and five and still in the Liberty Bowl. I don't see that whatsoever. There, they are too desirable for any of those bowls in the state of Florida. And the Gators still wants Tennessee at 6-6. Six and six. Sure. And, and the other part of that is that there are not a lot of really attractive SEC teams when you get past, what, the top five? I mean, yeah. what? And, and two may be in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. which raises Tennessee's stock a little bit more if that happens. Yeah, you've got three teams in the East with a winning record in conference play. Actually, I do believe uh, Vaughn Nation is going to travel to a bowl game regardless. Yeah, and Tennessee, JB, will be happy to be there also. That's another factor is, okay, you have a big fan base. They travel, but are do they? does that fan base tend to travel? I think Tennessee has shown even when they're not as excited, they still travel, much less when they are. So I, I, I think Tennessee will, will be wanted by most of the bowl games that, that they're in the mix for. Final quick one final question, and I'll let you guys get to somebody get somebody else up. Uh, is there with the way recruiting has gone, we've had a couple of guys that uh, we expected to be Tennessee volunteers decide to go elsewhere. Is there any reason for panic right now? I don't think there's reason for panic. I think Tennessee's in really good shape with Omari Thomas, uh, Marcus Henderson, both from Memphis. I think they're in really good shape with Tyler Barron. That's three right there. Uh, Vince, they, uh, they're in good shape with Darnell Washington, the athlete def- uh, tight end out of Las Vegas. There are other good players Tennessee's in on. I, I, think, uh, I think they're in pretty good shape. But there are three or four in-state players they would really like to get, and if they can get them, then I think that's going to be the majority of, of, of the at least states represented down the stretch for Tennessee. Yeah, you hit on the key one. So I definitely wouldn't look at it as panic. I think it's opportunity for you to continue to be relevant, for you to continue to be practicing, going to a bowl game, uh, and as opposed to sitting at home and talking about what could be. I mean, they're, they'll if they go to a bowl game, they beat Vanderbilt and go to a bowl game, you could be talking about them working on win number eight and building off of that and how kids can be a part of of something special quicker now, in addition to still having playing time to be able to sell. So I, I think it's a great advantage for Tennessee to go to a bowl game and and try to finish strong with some of those kids to get to, to signing day, which, of course, will come during the bowl prep. 
JB, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy the uh, the next year until Tennessee and Missouri play again. And stay warm. Yeah, you've got those <laughs> bragging rights. We'll get a break and be back with more. Vince Ferrara sitting in on Sports Talk on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Vince Ferrara sitting in for this hour of the program to join us. 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number 1-866-656-9900. And Vince, we've made it to the semifinal round of the state high school football playoffs, and you're going to be making a return trip to Fountain City on Friday. That's right. You got a chance to see Central get the victory over Southall last Friday night, and no shock that Bryson Rosser has figured things out and getting dubs in the uh, in the postseason in the playoffs. And uh, can't wait for these two to to uh, to match up. West is playing complete football right now, all, all phases. Uh, they're um, they've been so impressive, and to beat a previously undefeated Powell team and really take it to them, they they also have a great ability to respond within games when teams make a run on them. Two weeks ago, Oak Ridge did fourteen nothing goes to fourteen fourteen boom West explodes on offense, defense, and special teams and runs away. Uh, again, West was out ahead of of Powell in the ball game. Uh, I think it was 14 nothing at the time, and then Powell gets his first touchdown, and they have the momentum. So what happens? Ensuing kickoff, Omari and Wright takes it 92 yards to the house, and there went the momentum. Uh, they they are playing their best football, and this isn't talked about a ton, uh, probably in the area. And Jesse Smith, he probably knows it from Five Star Preps, uh, is dialed as uh, dialed in as he is. But the fact that West has both of their starting running backs, both of their really good running backs, healthy playing together, uh, that's a different look from what they were able to do for a good part of the year with Isaiah Mattress, the junior, and Jai Hunley, the talented freshman, two very different backs. Uh, so that that's, I think, helped elevate West to another level. But Central, with their experience, obviously defending state champions and and, and their obviously can find ways to win as well. Great coaching on both sides. Uh, proud programs, uh, ones that have, have won state championships in the in the last five-ish years. I guess West was 2014 um, and, and Central last year. It just um, it, It's going to be tough to see the season end for one of these two great teams. But, man, both of them can and have made Knoxville really proud. I don't think there's any question. And uh, do you think that Coach Mahoney is getting a fair amount of sleep, or is it all about games, uh, film study? He's falling asleep, I'm sure, at with you know with the the, the clicker? clicker in his hand, <laughs> watching game tape, and then that's starting right back up in the morning. The thing is, is that he's got the game tape in the between the ears too, because he's seen both of these teams. And uh, he's just, he's so fired up for it. His energy has been great. All the coaches, when we go down and talk to him in the pregame, they all love him. They all have a relationship with him from, you know, when he was at, at Tennessee. And uh, he's just, he's been fantastic to work with and uh, just brings great insight. Joke that he's, he's our Tony Romo at times because he'll, he'll see things coming. 
uh, been uh, been a lot of fun to to do the games with them. Well, it sounds fantastic, the two of you together. Let's get a call from Steve. Steve, you're on Sports Talk. Hello. Hey, guys. Hope you're having a great day. Yeah, Vince, a happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys. A quick question, if you could answer for me, please. I don't like Oklahoma or Alabama, but I'd like to know your thoughts on why you think Jalen Hurts should or should not be uh, the Heisman Trophy winner. I think he is an incredible quarterback that's proven it even coming off the bench in Alabama. His losses are very few, and I would just like to hear you guys uh, comment on that, if you would, please. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. He's a contender. I I think that he's got some competition. Joe Burrow at LSU is certainly one of them. Burrow's Joe Burrow is going to set an SEC record for most touchdowns in a season. He's got 41. He's like three behind the all-time leader. He's got over 4,000 yards. He's going to set an SEC record for most yards passing in a season. And LSU's number one in the country. That's hard to beat. Hertz is really good. He's yeah. had a great year. He's had a lot of touchdowns he's accounted for. Uh, runner, pass. He's, a much, he's become a much better passer than I ever thought he could be on a consistent basis. Vince, we saw flashes of it, but we didn't see the consistency until he got to Oklahoma. Yeah, the last few games, though, he has turned the ball over a lot. So I think that's really what's dropped him from the Heisman conversation is way too many turnovers. And then the team that's been connected to the team not being as impressive against lesser competition. But I, I think he has fallen off, and Joe Burrow's continued to do what he's done. Tua got hurt. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's Joe Burrow's Heisman. I do as well. Uh, I just think when you now and granted, we've seen teams that they played at the time that were in the top ten that have fallen off greatly. But I still think that you look at what Burrow has done against the schedule that he's played, and and I just think that I would give him the nod because I think he's played some pretty stout defenses and still has found uh, a way, Jimmy, as you said, to uh, to kind of rewrite record books this year, not only at LSU but also the Southeastern Conference itself. Well, he has, and uh, he and he's also a good runner. He's got mobility. Now, he can't run like Fields or Hurts, but he is mobile, and he made a key first down run against Alabama to help seal that game. Vince, to your point, I think that Hurts had three turnovers in the first half against Baylor. It's one mm-hmm. reason they were behind 28-3. He played clean in the second half and was outstanding. But I would go Burrow number one. Uh, uh, Hurts would be in the conversation. Fields at, at Ohio State's had a really mm-hmm. good year. But Jonathan Taylor, I think, is a fabulous running back. And the guy that leads the nation in rushing is Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State. He would have to be in that conversation, in my opinion, as well. And if you did want to go defense, Chase Young at Ohio State, yes, he's missed two games. True, uh, but he is. Uh, he and is it was a, for a disciplinary action. I mean, granted, it's not bad behavior. It was just behavior that is against NCAA rules. Yeah, and and he may be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, so uh, I, I would, I would, I may be missing somebody, but those to me would be the leading candidates for the Heisman. We will get a break and be back with a final segment, hour number two of Sports Talk. One more segment with Vince Ferrara. 656-9900 is how you join us. 656-9900 puts you on 991 The Sports Animal. Because we have a transmitter and you don't. 99.1 The Sports Animal. Final 
final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk, our guest Vince Ferrar. To get a question or comment in under the wire, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince, I want to ask you about this. There was a story on Outside the Lines and with ESPN. Former Tennessee linebacker Darren Kirkland Jr. revealed new details about a knee injury he suffered in 2017 and how it impacted his long-term future. He said that the crossover between Butch Jones being fired and with Pruitt taking over uh, that the new staff picked things up, uh, picked up things in practice, which left Kirkland quote very uncomfortable close quote on how quickly he was getting back into it. Uh, that's according to a report by ESPN. Here's what Kirkland had to say: If I had more time for my knee, I feel like I would have been healthier long term. You know, probably would have healed up. Probably would have still been playing ball. Honestly, didn't blame Pruitt for the situation, but he said it's a huge challenge because. You have your player-patient care that you're trying to combat. But they also have a greater job that you're trying to focus on a program winning games. It's definitely just a lot more than saying that guy is healthy or he's feeling okay and he can do whatever. Uh, also, the former Tennessee and sports medicine employees said Pruitt tried to pressure trainers and interfere with how the staff manage athletes. Uh, they said that it would tell them to hold off immediately intending to injure players. What do you make of this situation? Well, th- that approach, the, some of those things that are that are claimed in that story um, would be contrary to a lot of what Jeremy Pruitt says to the public in saying that's the, the staff's decision, not ours. It, is this believable in major college football with all that's at stake? Sure it is. Did it happen? I don't know, but it's believable. And where are the checks and balances? Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's there's anything in place to check to see to make sure if that type of thing is happening that it doesn't happen. It's basically whoever has the leverage and the power, and everyone else has to kind of fall in line. Not saying that it 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 happened here. Generally, in major college athletics, this kind of scenario is believable. You know, another thing that that's that's tough from Darren Kirkland's standpoint is, you know, he said he feels like he believes he would have been healthier long term. He dealt with a lot of injuries, and and so is that the reason why he wasn't able to play, or is it the fact that he was frequently injured, and that's you know the the un, unfortunate. Uh, you know, draw of you know of of his body. It's it's hard to say. It's hard to pinpoint it, but it's not a good look. Uh, I, I don't know in terms of the you know you know what truly did transpire, but I, generally in major college football, I could see something like that happening. A former employee said of Pruitt uh, that he thought the players were too soft, and sometimes they needed a second to get up and shake it off. But that's not his decision to make. Jeremy had enough juice behind him to where if he really wanted to, he could get things his way. If you invest this much money in a coach, that's their guy, close quote. So, um, and I don't know who, apparently a former trainer, it says a former employee, Only you would think only a trainer would know that. Right. Although perhaps it's one of the doctors that was not retained. So I, I don't know about that. Uh, Kirkland surprises me a little bit. First off, he's supposed to be running through the tee. Right. Uh, secondly, he did have so many injuries that, it had been long thought that he might not be able to come back anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know what he did 
practice-wise that made him feel like that he could have been healthier long-term. I don't know that. Another level of surprise is that that he, he would have these accusations is that, remember Jeremy Pruitt said that Darren Kirkland would always have a coaching job uh, after football with him. I mean, is that is that the case now? I don't know. That that's tough. It, it is interesting. He would he would put that out there. You know, don't know the you know what what's truthful. And what's and one, not. Of the, one of the quick thing a survey. Thirty six percent of respondents reported that a coach has been able to influence the hiring and firing of sports medicine staff and athletic trainers who reported that uh, reported fifty eight percent of those reported being pressured by a coach or an administrator to make a decision not in the best interest of a student athlete's health. So, as you said, that's that's something that uh, kind of probably needs to be cleaned up in college. Right, some, some sort of checks and balances. I I can certain I can certainly see that scenario with all that's at stake. Vince, always appreciate it. And again, another reminder, folks: if they don't already make it a part of their daily habit, they should. When it comes to visiting ninety nine one thesportsanimal dot com, yeah, daily coverage on the Vols. We still have a bunch more that we're going to bust out there, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, at Sports Radio WNML, and then also on Instagram, on YouTube, uh, Facebook. Follow us all on there. Facebook now you can watch the the studly mugs of Tyler Ivins and Will West in the mornings on uh, on the starting lineup. So that's what they are. <laughs> that's right. That's not a consensus opinion. <laughs> but Vince, thank you very much. That's what they wrote for me to say. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's Thanks, right. Thanks, guys. Happy oh, look, Thanksgiving. That's a $5 bill. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, your families, and everybody listening. You, too, you as well.